For four weeks, we've been lighting candles each Sunday since Thanksgiving. Um, The idea would be to symbolize um, an ever-growing light. Josh has reminded the staff quite a bit that um, Christmas Eve service is meant to be the polar opposite of a Good Friday service. As lights get lower in a Good Friday service, the light should continue to grow in a Christmas Eve service in anticipation of what's to come. And what we've been talking about for four weeks has been the idea that Jesus is better. Jesus is better than the, the Adam we know in the Bible. Jesus is better than the Moses we know in the Bible. Jesus is better than the Joshua we know in the Bible. Jesus holds the better covenants in the Bible. And what we were left with yesterday, if you're new, was this problem, the recognition that even though Jesus is better, even though that Jesus provides a way to fix the problem that we're all aware of, no matter whether you're a believer in here or not, you recognize the brokenness you feel You understand in moments of your life, it just shouldn't be that way. With your kids, with your job, whatever it is, there are moments where you go, it shouldn't be this way. The way that you process your emotions, it it shouldn't be this way. And, And what we put in front of us, what Hebrews has been putting in front of us, is that Jesus fixes that problem. But, but what we looked at la, uh, uh, on Sunday, which was yesterday, this last Sunday, was the idea that even though that's true, God has given glimpses and ways to temporarily take care of that problem. But people have grabbed onto those things as if they're the permanent answer, meaning there are good things in our lives that are shadows that are meant to push us towards a greater thing. But we want our shadows, We want our relationships, we want our money, we want our enjoyment, we want our pleasure, we want our security, we want our power, but they're shadows, they're fading, and we can't run from this. And so what we were left with yesterday was this truth that we know, if you're a believer in here, that that is reality, that we see Jesus as the ultimate answer to the problem, but we still want our shadows. And what I tried to explain was Jesus doesn't just forgive us of the sins of choosing shadows over him. He actually provides a way out of choosing shadows. And that's what I want to share with you tonight. My hope would be in 20 minutes to unpack with you, not just how we can stop chasing shadows, But in understanding that, ultimately understand why Christmas. So to do this, we're going to look at two verses in the Bible. And it's going to be in the same book we've been in for four weeks, which is the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 2 is where we're going to be in. And we're going to be in verses 14 and 15. Now I get it. It's dark. Ain't nobody got a Bible they can read in here, okay? Except you in the corner. Occasionally a light flicks on for reasons we don't know why, okay? You might get glimpses of it, but that's neither here nor there. So we got it on the screen. Track with me that way, but this is what we're going to do. I'm going to unpack this text backwards. It's a text that if you go to Redemption Peoria regularly, which I know not everyone in this room does, we've talked about before, but to fully understand it, we're going to unpack it backwards so we can see how Jesus is not just the answer. He's not just the true form and not a dim preview. He's not just the, the, the solution to the problem we all feel, but how to get out of choosing the shadows. How to quit grasping for things that are going to let us down, even though we know they're going to let us down. So here's where I want to start. I want to start in verse 15, even though we're going to do 14 and 15, we're going to work this thing backwards. Here's what it says in verse 15. 
and it's going to feel like, whoa, that's out of nowhere, but track with me, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Okay, it's the end of our text, so you may be wondering, well, I don't understand what, that's obviously requires some kind of context. Well, so we're going to get to that and unpack it, but here's the first thing that it said. The Bible's not shy about acknowledging something that is subconscious within all of us, and if we're going to talk about how we can stop grasping for the shadows and truly know Jesus, we've got to acknowledge what the Bible's acknowledging here, and it's something that is subconscious for some of us. Some of us are so aware of this that we can't escape it, but it is this reality that guides everything we do, whether we're willing to admit it or not. You are going to die. Merry Christmas. (laughs) What it just said, hear me, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. So, so there's a fear, this is what the Bible, whether you want to argue with it or not, here's what the Bible's saying. There's a fear of death that is imminent, and so it's coming for us, and because of that, we, we have this fear, and we are enslaved to something, and we base our life on this, don't get it tricked. I mean, we use language like, I'm already 25, I'm already 30, and I haven't found someone. I mean, we, we, we gauge how long we're going to live trying to calculate based on our retirement. Should I retire at this age? Because I don't know how long I'm going to live. We have midlife crisis. You only live once. This is all of the, e- in the ethos of our culture. It's the air that we breathe, and the Bible's acknowledging that fact. And and what it's saying is in this moment, you and I are subject to slavery because of this impending doom. Because death is coming, you're tied to something. And so here's what I want to do. My hope is to unpack a sentence, but we're going to build, using this text to to understand this, we're going to build on the sentence. So again, this is what I mean. Verse 15 says this. And deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. If Jesus is going to not just forgive us for chasing the shadows, but give us a way out, here's what we know. Here's the first part of the sentence. He has to free us from slavery. We have to be set free from death. So for us to ever escape the ongoing rat race of trying to find comfort and enjoyment, all all the things we're looking for in all the wrong places, if we're ever going to get out of that, we've got to get rid of slavery. And to get rid of this slavery, we've got to get rid of death. So this is what it says right before that. The and, right before the and in 15, it said this. He, talking about Jesus, might destroy the one who has the power of death. That is the devil. So it's simple. To to, to free us from slavery, we need to get rid of death. To get rid of death, Jesus came and destroyed the one who is over death. That's the devil. I mean, this is like just simple logic. I mean, any of us who grew up in Arizona, you know, like when the summer comes down and your kids are squirting you with the hose or you're getting squirted, however it works, nobody, if you've ever been in a water fight, nobody goes for the person holding the hose. That's like rookie stuff. What do you do? What do you do? You kink the hose. You go to, or you go to the spigot and just turn it straight off and then just tackle them. However you want to do it. The point is this, you can try to fight your way through the water, but you're going to get wet. You can try to get through it, but you're going to get wet. And what Jesus did here in this moment is to free us from slavery, to get rid of the the fear of death. He went and conquered the one who brought the death. So let's build on our sentence. The first part of our sentence was to free us from slavery. We have to be set free from death to free us from death. He destroyed the devil. How? How did Jesus, being the high priest and what we talked about yesterday, destroy the devil? Three words. Oh, these words are so money. Listen to this. Right before it said he, talking about Jesus, might destroy. It said these three words. That through death. Okay. 
Um, I'm going to try to attempt to explain death in a way that um, might be considered heresy. So just follow with me as long as you can, okay? Um, so here, here, let's pretend for a moment that you are owed um, a, a debt to death. You, you, you owe death something because you have sinned. You've messed up. So Satan is right in saying the doorway now leads to hell because you owe, because of your sins, because of you choosing the shadows, you owe Satan, you owe death, and so you meet death in combat, and you lose. And death is batting a thousand. So if, if death ultimately has the upper hand against us and is undefeated, what Jesus does is he comes and he uses death to beat death. And in beating death, imagine it like this. Um, if, if we owe death something because we have sinned, what happens when death takes someone who hasn't sinned? Death owes them. So now here's the gladiator standing in the arena saying, who's next? I'm undefeated. And Jesus goes, I'll give it a try. And because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, rising from the dead, beats death. And now death goes, I owe you. You're the champ. Like, like you're undefeated. I was able to beat everyone else, but I couldn't beat you. Now he's the king of the gladiators. Now, now he's in the arena saying, who's next? And because of that, let's add to our statements. First part of our statement was this. To free us from slavery, we had to be set free from death. To free us from death, he had to destroy the devil. To destroy the devil, he uses death. But there's still a problem. It doesn't solve why Christmas. The issue is this. You can't die if you can't die. How do you use death? When you can't die. And the reality is, God can't die. That's part of the whole thing about being God. He's not mortal. And so we get why Christmas, verse 14, the beginning of our text. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things. Okay, okay, listen again. Therefore, the children share, his children, us, share in flesh and blood. He himself likewise partook of the same things. That word partook is met echo. Listen to it. Can you hear the word met echo? It's where we get the word echo from. Quite literally, God echoed humanness. He took on flesh and blood. But let's not forget the part before in this other sentence. Remember, it was through death. So listen, this is crazy. He chooses to put on humanness. He chooses to be flesh and blood so that he can die. Are you tracking with me? So, so let's run our sentence again, just in case you're not tracking, because this is crazy, because um, everyone in here is, the moment we're born, we're, we're wrestling with this idea. We're on our way to death. We get that, and maybe, maybe some of us get it more than others. Maybe some of us wrestle with more than others, but that's just the reality. Jesus didn't have to do that. And he chooses to be born in the world so that he can die. And so we add to our sentence. The first part of our sentence was this. To free us from slavery, he had to, be, he had to set us free from death. To free us from death, he had to destroy the devil. To destroy the devil, he uses death. To use death, he had to become human. So why Christmas? Let's, just, let's work the whole thing backwards now. Jesus finds himself in a manger to become fully human so that he would use his humanity, his humanness, 
to die. And in dying, he defeats death. He defeats Satan. And in defeating death and Satan, he frees you from slavery. You don't have to chase the shadows anymore. There's a freedom that Jesus offers and not just forgiving us of our sins, but going, listen, listen, check it out. This is believers. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, hear this. You don't die. You don't die. And that may be like a, I'll never come into redemption purity again. This is crazy. But the moments you experience the closing of your eyes that maybe an unbeliever, an unbeliever would experience, you go from this life immediately before the Father. You go from this life to better life. And the only reason, is that someone amening me right now? Okay, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Christmas Eve amens? It's like Christmas, Christmas Eve tamales. Um, Okay, so, so hear, hear this. This, this, this is the, the thing. This is, this is what we're going to do. In the beginning of 2019, we're going to study the hu- humanness of Jesus, the humanity of Jesus. We're going to look at the person of Jesus in the Gospels. That's how the, the beginning of, of 2019, we're going to spend our time. And as amazing as that journey is going to be, what's crazy about this moment right now is, is that the God who made the sacrificial system submitted himself to that system. That he is the perfect example, Philippians 2 is yes and amen to that, but more than just being our example, he is God who chose to take on flesh so he could die to free you from death so you no longer have to be a slave. You no longer have to go, I'm only 25, I'm still not married. You no longer have to go, I need to work towards a certain retirement account. You no longer have to worry about this, no longer have to worry about that. You have been set free. Breathe. Breathe. And yes and amen to this, because here's the, the reality. We're going to walk out of here. And yes, and of course, as a pastor, I have to, consumerism, you guys should hate gifts, blah, blah, blah. I know you get it, okay? But hear me. Th- this is important. This is important. Um, regardless of what happens in the next 24 hours, regardless of what happens in the next week, year, here's what you can know to be true. You are not going to be awesome at this. You're going to forget you've been set free from slavery. You're going to continue to believe the lies that you only live once. There's this. You're on a time crunch. We're going to continue to fail. But yes, and amen to these words in Hebrews chapter 4. And this is what I will leave you with. Since then, we have a high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive, you ready, mercy and grace to help in time of need. Amen to the fact that you will fail. But listen, Jesus is going, I was flesh. I know how hard it is. He's not standing off from afar going, dummy, get it right. He's not, he's not frustrated. He's not angry. Here he is in this moment knowing exactly what it means to be human. And here's what he offers you. Mercy and grace. No other worldview, no other God, no other idol will promise you such a thing. And it started in a manger. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful. We set our gaze upon you, recognizing that there's so many other things that try to take our sight, 
We love you, Lord. We need you. Thank you for the manger. We thank you for becoming human, choosing to become human, to die. Thank you for that. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Every week we take uh, a couple minutes to just be. And if you're new, that might be uncomfortable because it's quiet and it is what it is. But here's what we're going to do. Tonight, we're going to take a longer, probably twice as long as we normally take. Closer to three or four minutes. And we're just going to be silent. And here's the hope. I get it. I got four kids. It's going to be bonkers tonight and tomorrow. But before we get into all the mess of trying to fight consumerism with our kids and the idolatry that goes on with them not getting that Spider-Man or whatever it is, let us still our hearts and go, this is about you. I would be lost without you. I would be a full-fledged consumer without you. I would be continuing to chase shadows without you. And even when I do do those things, even when I do mess up, there's only mercy and grace. And some of you in these next couple minutes need to understand you have chosen your whole life to reject that. You have spent day after day trying to continue to find the answer to the problems in your own way. And I just got to ask, is that not exhausting? Are you not tired of that? Jesus offers rest. He's a faithful high priest. He promises not just to atone for your sins, but to take care of you along the way. Take a few minutes and process what that means. And then Josh and the band will lead us in some more songs.